1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries. And we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Romans for or against Torah. This is part 11 of the series. So the church at Mount Sinai was fleshly, and it was carnal, and it was immature, and it had a stony heart. And as a result, because of disobedience, that the generation that came out of Egypt, most of them died in the wilderness. We have Joshua and Caleb and those that was under 20 that went into the promised land. And so Yeshua is going to die to redeem his unfaithful wife. That is the house of Jacob that is the nation of Israel, that's the church at Mount Sinai and then in Acts chapter 2, they're going to be reborn and the rebirth comes from repenting of your sins and accepting Yeshua, who is the lawgiver, who is the bridegroom and now is the redeemer of his bride and the way that he's going to redeem his bride is lay down his life for her and when he resurrects, he's going to resurrect as a new man and so the original bride has to die and she dies to her self will she dies to her own desires her flesh has to die it's the flesh that sins she has to die through repenting of what her flesh wants to do that's the death of her flesh so now she's been born again she's been renewed and she's marrying that resurrected man so the new covenant house of Jacob marriage is between a resurrected bride, whose sins have been forgiven, and a resurrected bridegroom. And so in this, Yeshua was showing his bride the greatest love of all. And we can summarize it this way. Yeshua laid down his life to redeem an adulterous wife whom he married at Mount Sinai and who pledged to keep his commandments, or his Torah. Instead of being a faithful wife and keeping his commandments, she worshipped other gods, mainly Baal and Ashtoreth. Rather than in seeing her die according to the letter of the law which was his right because she was unfaithful and the soul that sins shall die, Messiah chose to show abundant mercy toward her by shedding his blood on the tree to forgive her of her sins. In doing so, Yeshua demonstrated to his adulterous wife his incomprehensible love for her as well as his love for the entire world because it says in John chapter 3 verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so the world that repents are adopted or they're grafted in to the new covenant that he makes with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8. So ultimately, Yeshua will dwell with his redeemed bride initially when he rules and reigns in his kingdom during the Messianic era, and then after. After the Messianic era is over, she will spend eternity with him in the heavenly Jerusalem. And so another way we can summarize this is number one, when Yeshua died on the tree, he paid the penalty of an adulterous woman for breaking the Torah. Number two, when we trust in Yeshua for our salvation and follow his Torah by his Holy Spirit, we enter into a marriage covenant relationship with him, whereby our righteousness righteousness is in him, and we are forgiven of our sins when we confess our sins through his shed blood. Next, we're going to share with you a background and understanding of Romans chapter 9 through 11, and to begin with, we want to look at 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 and 2, and here it is written, Peter, an apostle, or he became a fisher of men of Yeshua HaMashiach, and this letter is being Addressed to the strangers scattered, and so these strangers who are scattered, they are in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And these strangers who are scattered are referred to in First Peter chapter one verse two as being elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Yeshua. And so, toward the end of this letter in First Peter chapter 5, verse 13, it is written, and the King James says, The church that is, and the words church that is is in italics, which means it is not in the Greek text. So the Greek text would say, The at Babylon elected together with you salute you. Well, who is in Babylon? It was the southern kingdom, the house of Judah, that was taken into Babylonian captivity by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And they are elected together with whom? their brothers of the northern kingdom. And so at the end of this letter in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13, it says the ones in Babylon are elected together with the ones that are strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And so who is this referring to? Who are these strangers that are scattered? It would be a reference to the northern kingdom. And how did they have the status of being a stranger A stranger stranger is one that is not originally a part of the covenant, is the traditional meaning and use of the term that those of the nations were regarded in the Torah as being strangers. And so that's because in Hosea chapter 1, because of the northern kingdom's disobedience, that in order to prophesy of their judgments, but ultimately their restoration, redemption, and reconciliation, that there was a marriage that took place between Hosea and Gomer. And this marriage is going to be prophetic of the unfaithfulness that was shown unto Yeshua, the bridegroom at Mount Sinai. So there's three children that are mentioned in Hosea chapter 1 from this marriage. The first is in Hosea chapter 1 verse 4 Jezreel, which means God will sow or God will scatter. The second child in Hosea chapter 1 verse 6 is Lo-Ruhamah, which means no mercy. The third child in Hosea chapter 1 verse 9 is low me, which means not my people. So the judgment of the northern kingdom, the book of Hosea was written to the northern kingdom. They were going to be scattered in the nations of the world. Why were they scattered? Jezreel, God will sow or God will scatter, which is the meaning of the word in Hebrew, because they were unfaithful in their marriage. That they were then going to take upon the status of no mercy and not my people. In other words, they were going to be cut off from the covenant. Once they were cut off, they took upon themselves the status of being strangers and there is in captivity so they're exiled they're scattered and who are these exiles that are being addressed in first peter 1 1 the northern kingdom who are living in the areas of pontus galatia cappadocia asia and bithynia now taking to note these places where the strangers that were scattered were living in acts chapter 2 verse 1 it says when the day of pentecost was fully come now we're told that there were jews there on the day of pentecost in acts chapter 2 verse 5 and they were dwelling at Jerusalem. Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And the Jews are from the house of Judah or the southern kingdom. So those from the southern kingdom are there in Jerusalem to celebrate Shavuot or the day of Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 9, there were those that came from Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. And then in Acts chapter 2 verse 10, among those that were there in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost were not only the Jews or the southern kingdom, but in Acts chapter 2 verse 10, strangers of Rome. So a stranger is one that is outside of the covenant. Now a stranger can come into the covenant as well. And so when they do, that means that they are adopted or they are grafted in. So what I want you to see here is the book of Romans, of which we're studying and looking at it from a Hebraic perspective, that Paul is addressing those who are regarded as strangers who were scattered and are living in Rome. This is going to be a reference to the northern kingdom. So then in that context, we want to further see... how. Now Paul is writing his letter in the book of Romans to believers in Yeshua who are of and from the northern kingdom. Now, in reaching those of the northern kingdom, he's going to be reaching those who are living with them in the nations. So, Paul's letters and Paul's teachings is going to go primarily to the northern kingdom, but it's going to reach all peoples because the gospel is for all. And so, in Romans chapter 9, verse Twenty-four. Paul writes, "Even us, whom he has called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles; not of the Jews only, and so the Jews would be the southern kingdom, not of the Jews only, the house of Judah, but also of the Gentiles, as he says in Hosea." Wait a second. He can't say Gentiles if Gentiles means those that are not a part of the house of Jacob. He can't say Gentiles and then speaking of Gentiles says, "As it says in Hosea," because Hosea was written to the northern kingdom. And so, the context of the use of this word Gentile in Romans chapter 9, verse 24 is the assimilated northern kingdom, who their punishment was to be scattered in the nations. In Hosea chapter 1, verse 4, through the naming of the first child of the marriage between Hosea and Gomer, that child being named Jezreel, which means God will sow or God will scatter. And so Paul then says, as it says in Hosea, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which were not my beloved. Because the third child in Hosea chapter 1 verse 9 is named not my people, but the prophecy that follows in Hosea in chapter 1 and verse 10 is the people that's not a people are going to become his people again. Hosea chapter 1 verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea which cannot be measured nor numbered, and it will come to pass in the place where it said you are not my people. So that's the prophecy here in Hosea chapter 1. There it shall be said in the future you are the sons of the living God. So they're going to go from having the status of not my people to having the status of sons of the living God. And then in Hosea chapter 2 in verse 23 it says, I will sow her unto me in the earth. So is a play on Jezreel, which means God will sow or God will scatter. I will sow her unto me in the earth. I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained. Mercy. That's a play on Lo ruhamah which means no mercy. That to Jezreel I'm going to sow her, and then for her status is going to go from Lo ruhamah to ruhamah I will have mercy upon her that had not obtain mercy. And I will say to her, That's not my people, not my people as low of me. You are my people, and they will say, You are my God. So Paul is explaining this prophecy in Hosea one and also Hosea chapter two in his letter to the Romans who are strangers to scattered primarily the northern kingdom so then he says in romans chapter 9 verse 26 it will come to pass in the place where it was said you are not my people there they will be called children of the living god he's quoting from hosea chapter 1 verse 10 and so we can see this therefore that paul is addressing in his letter to romans looking at it from a hebraic perspective that he's addressing believers in yeshua as the messiah who are of and from the northern kingdom that be because they are now believers in Yeshua as Messiah, they are fulfilling the prophecy that previously they were not a people, but in believing in Yeshua as the Messiah, they are now his people again. As we're told in John chapter 1 verse 12, as many as received him, to them gave he power to be called the sons of God. And so they become his people. They became sons of the living God. Now continuing on and seeing how Paul is writing or addressing the northern kingdom in his letter here in Romans. In Romans chapter 10 verse 19 it is written, but I say, did not Israel, here Israel is a reference to Judah, the southern kingdom, the Jewish people, did they not know? First, Moses said, or prophesied, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. Then by a foolish nation, I will anger you. And So, Paul is quoting or making a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 32 is called the Song of Moses. And Moses, was told by the God of Israel to write this, and this was going to be a prophecy regarding what would happen to future generations from that generation that that was at Mount Sinai, what they were going to do, and what would come upon them, the consequences of their behavior. So the prophecy is, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 21, they've moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They've provoked me to anger with their vanities. I will move them to jealousy with those that are not a people, and I will provoke them to anger with the foolish nation. So the prophecy is there's going to be a people from the people that's going to be not a people. And who did that ultimately become? Who was called not a people? The Northern Kingdom. And their calling is to provoke the Southern Kingdom to jealousy. And How were they to provoke the Southern Kingdom to jealousy? Through their belief in Yeshua as the Messiah? Through their return to His Torah, proclaiming that He is the Savior and the Redeemer of a people that were unfaithful in marriage to Him, the lawgiver And the bridegroom at Mount Sinai. And so, why is the northern kingdom called a foolish nation? Because they departed from the Torah. And so, now Paul is going to make a reference to the Torah, to the Song of Moses, Deuteronomy 32, verse 21, regarding the prophecy that in the history of the nation of Israel, there's going to be a people that's going to be called not a people by the God of Israel, and they're going to provoke another people to jealousy. And so, now he's going to get a second witness from the book of Isaiah, Romans chapter 10, verse 20. But Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not for me. So this is a quote or a reference to Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1. I am sought of them that asked not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation not called by my name. And so Isaiah prophesied that there's going to be a people that's going to be called not a people or not called by his name. I'm going to share with you the rabbinic Jewish insight regarding Isaiah chapter 65 verse 1 from a book by Yair Davidi. He's an Orthodox Jew that lives in Israel. And from his book Ephraim, the Gentile children of Israel on page 226 in chapter 9 of his book that is entitled Christianity and the Lost Ten Tribes. He writes, Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1 speaks concerning the 10 tribes. I was sought of them that asked not for me. I made myself found to them who did not request me. I said, I am here, I am here to a people who did not call my name. So that's what Paul quotes in Romans chapter 10, verse 20. And so the rabbis see that that verse is speaking of the 10 tribes. Paul, being raised in the sect of the Pharisees, he would have understood that I Isaiah chapter 65 verse 1 is speaking about the northern kingdom or the ten tribes or the house of Joseph or Ephraim as well. Now Paul continues on in Romans chapter 11 verse 1. I say has God cast away his people referring to the house of Judah or the Jewish people who as a corporate people did not accept and believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. Has he cast them away? And Paul answers the question and says no, God forbid. I am a Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin or from the house of Judah the southern kingdom so he didn't cast his people away Paul says I am one of them and I am redeemed I am a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah now Romans chapter 11 verse 11 I say have they stumbled that is the house of Judah the Jewish people have they stumbled that they should fall and he says no but rather through their fall salvation has come to the Gentiles and in the context salvation has come to whom it has come to the northern Kingdom because through the death of Yeshua on the tree and him shedding his blood, the northern kingdom can repent of their sins and they can go from being not a people to being his people and the Son of the living God. And the ultimate calling of the northern kingdom is to provoke the southern kingdom to jealousy, as the prophecy is in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 21. So Paul continues in Romans chapter 11, verse 12. Now, if the fall of them, that is the northern kingdom who were cut off from the covenant, As we see in Hosea chapter 1, that the northern kingdom was cut off from the covenant, but the southern kingdom, they didn't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And so Paul is referring to the southern kingdom, who didn't believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. If the fall of them brought about the restoration and the redemption of the northern kingdom, as well as the redemption of the whole world, and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness, or when, the house of Judah believes that Yeshua is the Messiah. So Paul answers this question in Romans chapter 11 verse 15. If the casting away of them be the reconciliation of the world, that is the northern kingdom being brought into the covenant relationship, and salvation of Messiah being offered to the whole world, John chapter 3 verse 16, what shall be the receiving of them be? What will be the case when the house of Judah, the Jewish people, believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, and Paul's answer is life from the dead. But what is the life from the dead that paul is referring to it is the dry bones from ezekiel chapter 37 which is how the house of jacob is likened when they're scattered into the nations of the world and from being dead by being in the nations of the world and the curses that's outlined in deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 15 through 67 coming upon the house of jacob or the nation of israel the prophecy is that the dry bones you gotta to come to life, and they're going to return to the land of Israel, the gathering uniting of the twelve tribes of Israel, because in Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 15 through 28, we see that Ezekiel was told to take two sticks, one for the northern kingdom, or the house of Joseph in Ephraim, and the other for the southern kingdom of the house of Judah, and to bring them together, and they were to become one. They are going to be united again and they're going to leave the places where they've been exiled, their dry bones, they're going to come to life and in their restoration or reunification they're going to return to the land of Israel. Who's going to do this? It's going to be the work of the Messiah and so when the Messiah gathers and unites the twelve tribes of Israel Paul sees from the prophecies particularly in Ezekiel chapter 37 that the southern kingdom the house of Judah, then they will believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. When he does the messianic task and work to gather and unite the twelve tribes of Israel. So the prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 and 2 and verse 11 is the following. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and he set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and he caused me to pass by them round about and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry and he said to me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel all twelve tribes northern kingdom southern kingdom then the prophecy about them in Ezekiel 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 chapter 37 verses 12 and 13, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves. Where's the graves? In the nations of the world where they were taken into captivity. That's your graves. I'm going to bring you up out of your graves. You're going to leave your places of scattering, of exile, and I'm going to bring you into the land of Israel. So the end of the exile is likened to a resurrection from the dead. And then the prophecy that Paul was referring, to in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 13, and you will know that I am the Lord when I've opened your grace. They're going to know that who is the Lord. They're going to know that Yeshua is the Messiah when he gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel. And then it goes on to say in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 14, and I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will place you in your own land. And so then in order to prophesy of Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom being united and returning to the land, And in Ezekiel chapter thirty seven verse sixteen, Ezekiel was told to do the following Son of Man, take one stick, and in Hebrew the word stick is eighth, which means tree. So it could be translated take one tree and write upon it for Judah, and for the children of Israel his companions, take another stick, or in Hebrew eighth, which means tree, take another tree, and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. So it could be translated take one tree for the southern kingdom for judah for the children of israel his companions well that's going to conclude part 11 of the series on the subject romans for or against torah shalom in yeshua the messiah amen